that's what makes you an A player. Like, okay, maybe maybe this isn't my domain, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to go to people and rely on people. Even though I have the resources, I'm first going to try and troubleshoot this yeah, yeah. and figure out how and what. I actually had a question come up and if someone's listening to this, Linda, and they're like, I'm, am I an A player? How do I know if I'm an A player? Can I, does an A player just know they're an A player? We meet hundreds of marketers and we've learned what differentiates an A versus a B player. Welcome to the Marketing Mentors Podcast brought to you by Red Pandas Digital. I am Tarumi Tasha. Oh I God, why do we do this? How have we got in here? <laughs> I don't know, but I just thought I'd do that. Uh, so I'm Tasha, joined by the legendary Linda, of course. <sighs> and today we're talking about what makes an A player marketer. But before we do, I have to share, we have big, big news, big announcement. Uh, on the 31st of October this year, Red Pandas are running our very first um, digital marketing and sales conference. And the way we're explaining it is it's the only digital marketing and sales conference that you should be going to in mm. 2023. So if you're interested to learn more about what it is, um, yours truly and Linda will be delivering um, talks. Linda's will be on AI, which is going to be super cool. And mine will be on customer journey mapping. Head over to our website, redpandas.com.au, and you can learn more and buy tickets and all that type of stuff. There's early bird. Anyway, moving right along. Um, that was my little plug. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the episode, which is A Player Marketers. And like Linda said, over the years of working with many different businesses, different sizes, different people, different products, services, we've met hundreds of marketers. And I feel like we've cracked the code in terms of what makes a marketer an A player versus a B player or yeah. everything else. Yeah. But I think before we get into what those things are, let's um, for anyone that's listening that's not sure of this reference that we keep talking about A players and B players, from my point of view, and I know Linda's got a more professional one she'll share, but from my <laughs> point of view, when I was 16 and I was put into a soccer team, the girls' soccer team, I wasn't good enough to be in the A team. Oh. So. <laughs> I was put in 16B. It may have even been C, to be honest, but I think it was B. But pretty much, you were still part of the team. <laughs> Thanks. And, uh, I just didn't cut it for the A team back yeah. then, you know, like I just didn't have the skills that these other girls did. But that's the best analogy I can give in yeah. terms of a team. So you have the A team, which is, you know, the first draft, if you will, and then there's the B team, um, which are, you know, are good. Like for all intents and purposes, they're good, but they're just not those A players, the superstars. What was the reference or the analogy that you had? Well, <laughs> I like that one because it makes it realistic and it puts everything like into context. Um, but I think a lot of what we're going to be talking about today, it's derived from a partic particular book. So mm -hmm. for anyone that's interested, it is called Impact Players by Liz Wiseman. It was only released in 2021, so it is pretty new. Um, but we often talk internally of this concept of A players versus B players. And as T said, we've kind of identified things and more so behaviors as well as um, mindset. So having a particular type of mindset and then you know, practicing particular type of behaviors. Yeah. And those two things combined is what we tend to see really form yeah. A players and how they differentiate from your B player. And for us, we, we you know, overarchingly, we see A players as those people that can be parachuted into any role and mm. be able to work with it and create success from it. Um, and you see the success not only individually but for the entire company. Yeah, I like that. Um, and they, they really like they, – they come to – you know, that every day they come to every day just with that 
top level mentality and they show those top level behaviors. So yeah, um, yeah, let's perhaps jump into it, T, and yeah. start talking about some of those things that we've observed. Um, and you'll find, guys, that it does kind of stem across types of um, or practicing particular behaviors, mm-hmm. or you'll find some of these as well are more mindset related. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that um, that first one that we're going to get into is really really a mindset piece. So we've noticed with these marketers that they have this uh, attitude that they are eternal students. Yeah. And if you will, you could also couple this nicely with growth mindset in the se- sense that they are constantly learning. You know, a teacher or a student is always wanting to learn more. They know that there is always something more to learn and something that anyone can teach them. I feel like expert marketers, expert professionals, even if you will, they don't they don't do a nine to five. They don't just rock up, do their job and head out. They take responsibility over their role. They question um, things in their role. They investigate. They spend more time mm. with things. They dig away until they have, whether it's a solution, the answer, more information, but it's this, this mindset of I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers, so I need to learn more and do better and be better. Yeah. Um, you know, just tangibly they read books, complete courses, attend conferences, inside, outside of work. Yeah. They might be working on things in their personal life that will no doubt affect the way they perform at work. Yeah. Or they find these, you know, cross, um, cross-skilling kind of skills, cross-path skills in a way, so they can mm-hmm. use these inter- interchangeable skills if you will yeah 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 I love that I think you know there's that growth mindset and then I think what comes with that as well is that opportunity mindset as well Mm -hmm. and I think they work hand in hand together because I feel like if you sharpen one tool then you'll sharpen the other yeah um and that was very like growth mindset related which is so important it's what we focus on but I feel like naturally what comes out of that is an opportunity type mindset yeah and so um in that book particularly it kind of it references like these five challenges that like we tend to face like common challenges that we face in the workplace like mm-hmm. every individual not even just marketers but just across the workplace five obstacles or challenges that we tend to always have to overcome mm-hmm. or we at least face one of them um and it's about approaching those with an opportunity mindset and not looking at those things as threats and so yeah. some of these things T I'll read them out to you so messy problems mm-hmm. number one unclear roles yep. which is a really interesting yeah, one yeah. because a lot of people tend to run away and avoid yeah um so we can we can even sit on that a little bit longer mm. um but unclear roles unforeseen um obstacles mm-hmm. moving targets yeah and unrelenting burdens yeah okay so just like a heap of of workload yeah and it's unrelenting and it can't and stop. so you're saying an opportunity mindset they respond differently yes. to those things. Yeah, yeah. I was about so, to say, um, for me personally, and I know you would be as well, uh, you lean into some of that stuff. Yeah. Because you're like, this is uncomfortable. I don't know what to do with this. Okay, let me lean in and figure out a little bit more. Yeah. And that's that opportunity mindset. It's like, cool, I have no idea what this role looks like, but I want to be good at it. Yeah, and it's so, an opportunity to like add value and learn more. Yeah. And it's going into that with that mindset as opposed to, Oh my God. Like it's not my job. I don't get paid enough is, to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the exact mindset when it comes to like unclear roles, yeah, for example. This yeah. isn't my job. I'm not getting That's paid not enough my job to description. do this. Yeah, yeah typical, typical one. one-liner. <laughs> but catching on to those little phrases that people say give you a glimpse as to how they approach these yep. sort of like common challenges that most people will come yeah. across in yeah. their and work life. And obviously we're speaking like, you know, realistically. I'm not saying 
your boss asks you to go babysit your kids, 100%, that is not on your job description. You don't <laughs> yeah. have to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you've never asked me to babysit your kids. It's all good. <laughs> Got my own kids to babysit. Yeah. Oh, kid. <laughs> but, no, that's a really good point, Linda. I like that. I think it's, yeah, it's those moments of uncertainty or traditionally where, um, you know, less A-player type people would run away from or whinge, complain, if you will, be a Debbie Downer on them. Yeah. They actually lean into them and see them as opportunities. Yeah. I yeah, love that. doing the job that's needed, stepping up, getting the work done, like making light work, like all of those things where, you know, you look at, you know, maybe have a look at the people that you're working with and think like, do they do they do that when they're, they're coming across one of these challenges? And that will kind of give you a glimpse as to the type of mentality that they might have. Yeah, A or B. Mm. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a nice movement into our next item, which is the feeling of not being proud of the people that you work with mm. and like, I can resonate with this one so much because I hate you all so much I'm joking I'm joking oh my god that even feels weird saying it um no I absolutely adore the people that I work with there's a reason why I've been here for so long is because we have such an incredible culture here yeah but I can resonate with this feeling because I have worked in places before and I'm sure you know you can relate and then yeah. other people can where you work with people team members or even bosses that you don't have that like feeling of like pride or yeah. that feeling of like, yeah, I love working with you or I really enjoy working with you. Yeah. I can learn from you. We can grow together. Or um, the, the the most layman's way I can say it is being proud of someone you work for. Like if you can put your hand on your heart and say, I'm really proud of the business I work for or the company or the people. Yeah. I think you're in a really good place. There's yeah. a good fit there. And obviously it fits your your cultural you know values and needs or whatever. Mm. But I just distinctly remember a time being in my, you know, previous, one of my previous employers and we were in a sales meeting and the person that was selling was just feature dumping something completely wrong, yeah. saying the wrong stuff, making himself look like a bit of a fool and yeah. then kind of like dragging me along with it. And I was like, yeah. oh, no, 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 I don't like this feeling. Yeah. Like, and you know how you remember negative feelings for a reason? Yeah. It was like, I don't want to work with someone that I'm not really proud to work with. Yeah. And if if someone that I worked with I wasn't proud of, if they are an A player and have a growth mindset or an opportunity mindset, I can have, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, but I can have a radically candid conversation with them and saying, hey, I think you could do this better. Yeah. And then they do better and then we grow together. That's yeah. like that's who you want to be proud of. Yeah. When you work for. Yeah, I think the concept here, what we're talking about is like A players, they hate being the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And like, you know, you you'll you'll come across people and you know, I, I have people in mind that I've come across in the past and they're they're really intelligent people, but they 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 are the smartest person in the room and, and they shouldn't be. You know what I mean? That they should be challenging themselves more than what they are. Mm. And they're complicit with where they are. And I think that's that's what we're really looking at here. Like you you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. What's that saying? I think show me who your friends are and I'll, oh, I'll tell you that. who you are. Yeah, like you are the, who you are around. Yeah, it's yeah. that classic saying and, it, and it's true, you know, if you are surrounded by B player mentalities, then you it's going to rub off on you naturally. Yeah. And it's important to keep looking at those people around you yeah. personally, professionally and thinking about the people that you're in the room with and always wanting to upskill. Yeah. I know a um, – uh, he's a CEO, founder of a really successful real estate agency. And I'm talking like really successful, very, very successful. And he has three mentors. 
Um, so he's always making sure that he's at the top of his game mm. and that he can always do better and be better for the people around him as well. Yeah. He's got a, a mentor for um, finance, a mentor for business, and then mentor for mindset as well. And I absolutely love that. That's yeah. the sort of mentality that we're talking about here. Yeah, and that just uh, that forever student, that growth mindset, and then that not being smartest person in the room because you want to be able to bounce ideas off of people, share your creative flows, be proud of the people that you work with, and you yeah, know, um, like yeah, proudly wear the the business's jumper, right? Do you know what I mean? And I think as well, just marketers in, marketers in general won't stick around if, if in my opinion, yeah, if they if they don't yeah. get that. Like for us, I feel like marketers, we have, I, we, I think it attracts a certain type of personality, like your innovative, your yeah. creative type personality. But and she's going to get shit being, done as well. Yeah. True, exactly. Yeah. Well, you've got your, your integrator, which is like the get shit done, and then you've got your visionary, right? Yeah. And you're a marketer, you tend to fall into one or the other. Yeah. Um, it's important to be able to do both. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, as we well. are actually in two points, yeah. but we'll go to the next one, which is. Um, the best oh yeah this is a good one so the best only work when marketing is seen as a profit center yeah so just to break that down a bit more traditionally businesses have seen marketing so business needs to cut costs they go to marketing and they cut costs in marketing and then (laughs) they go hire another salesperson yeah and it's like far out like really and businesses like that look at marketers or marketing department as a cost center as opposed to a profit center. So a a good A player marketer will know and see the benefit and the value of a business appreciating that marketing and sales are actually just one, should be one unified team. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be silos and that the work that they're doing as a marketer should be attributed to revenue. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Yeah. And I think as well, if you if you find that um, you have a marketer and they're not willing, let's say you, you do, like you do treat your um, marketing department as a cost center. Mm. If you have marketers that come in, leave, come in, leave. That's a good sign. Yeah. It's it's like the people that are willing <laughs> that you're to. A co- that you're a cost center. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And like the only person that's willing to put up with that is someone that does not have an A player mentality. Yeah, and they're probably like create, create. maybe they were and then their creativity just got like stifled after years of yeah. you know being seen as a cost center they're like, "Well, I give up." Like yeah. no, and you we've all met we've all met marketers that are like this and you know big corporates and you know every creative idea that comes up has to go through this like 50 a 50 step approval oh my process. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, "No, nope, we can't do that. No, nope, we can't do that." And it's like, "Oh, right, I'm going to give up before I even try." That's what's happened. Maybe yeah. they were once A players, but then they were just stifled for too long. Yeah. Or to Linda's point, you're going to get A players in. They're going to quickly realize yeah. there is no room for their growth mindset to be here. And they're not. They're quickly becoming the smartest person in the room. So they're going to bugger mm. off. Yeah. And they're going to find somewhere else where they can keep growing and keep, keep learning and being proud of the people that they work with. Yeah, exactly. And we mentioned before, we'll go on to that next point, which was um, what we were talking about before and a nice segue because marketers – are great planners but they're yeah. even better doers yeah it's so like linda was saying you got that visionary and what was the other one integrator. yeah you've got your integrator and your visionary yeah, so I your like integrator that. is like the person that just like gets, gets in there gets shit done yeah. and then you've got your visionary who is always like thinking like five steps ahead like yeah. future planning vision yeah exactly. innovation like and you, you'll tend to find that you naturally 
are one mm. over the other, but it's so important to be able to do both. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we're talking about here. Like you need to be able to get into the trenches mm-hmm. and get your hands dirty yeah. and know how all the foundation works because without that, it's really hard to be an effective visionary yeah, exactly. without having done the integrated work. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's what A players strive for. If they know they have those knowledge gaps and they feel like, oh, I don't know how to do um, high converting landing pages, for example. Yeah. They'll go figure it out, do some, get some experience, make some mistakes and then have that knowledge with them or I love that. Like mm. it's it's about the the person being able to find like the unwritten rules to figure out how to do something or what they need to do to be able to do that thing. Yeah. That's what makes you an A player. Like, okay, maybe, maybe this isn't my domain. But I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to go to people and rely on people. Even though I have the resources, I'm first going to try and troubleshoot this and figure out how and what. Yeah, I like that. I actually had a question come up and we do have one final point I want to make, but I feel like this question is going to be good for the um, discussion. If someone's listening to this, Linda, and they're like, I'm... Am I an A player? How do I know if I'm an A player? Can I... Does an A player just know they're an A player? Do you have to do a test? (laughs) <laughs> like I feel like I'm do a test against our topics that we're talking <laughs> yeah, about. No, that's a good point. It's a good point. No, seriously. Like, and what I, if someone thinks like if they're looking, you know, they're looking within themselves and they're like, "Am I?" And they don't think they are. Can one become an A player? Do you think it's a skill they can like work on and and learn? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's like practice behavior. Yeah, and a, a practice mindset. You don't just wake up one day. And you're like, okay, I have a growth mindset now. Yeah, like yeah. that shit takes time. Okay, I have a growth mindset. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll have a growth mindset. <laughs> and the day after I'm an opportunist. Yeah, yeah. Like it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, you're right. You have to practice behaviors All and them, practice right? this. Yeah. All and, of them. and like as as we said, like it's a combination of behavior and mindset. Yeah. And you have to work on that like day in and day out. Well, I guess an A player is doing it already, right? And if someone's looking yeah. within themselves and they're like, I'm I don't think I am, but I want to be and I aspire to be better and do better. I think you kind of are. Yeah. The fact that you're looking in within yourself and yeah. you're already saying, I want to do better and I don't think I've got all of these things. I want to do more. You're already kind of ticking a box of there's a bit of a there's a there's a mindset there. Totally. Yeah. Now act on that behavior. I think you're right. There's it's a to really um, both of those things, right? I think being able to be introspective and look within is a really good first step. Yeah, okay. You know, like we have topics here, of course. Like we have, I think, like five key points that we're talking about here and those things are going to take time. But I think, yeah, you're right, T. The first step is actually like being able to introspectively like sit with yourself, look within and really like challenge like do I do these? Am I open to these behaviours and thoughts? Which one do I need to work on the most? Yeah, and being able to look at that. I think not allowing time for that behavior mm. then I think allows you to bypass a lot of these things and, just and maybe fall into ignore some place. B. Yeah. Oh, it just does by default. Yeah. And maybe B players wouldn't be listening to this podcast, let's say, because they're not yep. open to learning and growing. Well, yeah, oh, self-development. There we go. Mm. My <laughs> Congrats, guys. You're all A players. Yeah, well <laughs> done. If you listen to marketing mentors, you're an A player. <laughs> Make that a snippet. <laughs> Oh, my God. oh, anyway, it's always a pleasure, Linda. Um, <laughs> the last one, I really like this one, but I'm also conscious that I don't think it's something that maybe great marketers have right away okay. or they are open to – they're definitely open to it. Yeah. But um, this this final piece is a great marketers or even just great professionals appreciate radi- radical candor and psychological safety. Yeah. So the way, the reason why I say they might not – 
they might not realize is because if they haven't had radical candor before in a workspace, yeah, they don't know what they're missing out on. Yeah. But if you're a true A player and you are presented with a psychological and, and the same goes for psych safety, if you're a true A player and you're presented with a workspace or a, a mm. leadership that gives you psych safety and is radically candid and you can see that and you're appreciative of it, yeah. you can reciprocate it and I think that is where the A player marketer comes from. Yeah, it's going to be so hard for you to be able to challenge people directly and actually voice your opinions if you're working for a company that doesn't foster that yeah. and doesn't facilitate that sort of like exactly. open communication. So I think, yeah, you're right. It's, it's so a, dependent on the company and the culture. Yeah. And it's not, like, I will drive home. It's not until it's presented to you that you go, whoa, this is a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been missing. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a level of emotional intelligence, right, to realise, yeah. oh, I, I am all these other things. But I don't think I've got psych safety and radical candor in my workplace. This, yeah, as a great marketer, right? Yeah, yeah. There's so much that's dependent on that. Like I feel like it's you, you're right. You have to have the experience first mm. in an industry, like to be able to feel confident and comfortable to be able to have that sort of like direct communication with your yeah. colleagues. That's one thing. So like I think like it just takes time in your industry. I think as well like how fresh you are in a job. In a job. Yeah. Like you know if you are one month into a new job, then, you know, you're probably just doing a lot of active listening and listening a lot. So yeah. it's not going to be so possible. Exactly. But once you're forming those, you know, professional relationships with your colleagues and you're at that point and you have been in the industry for a very long time or just, you know, you have experience. Enough, yeah. yeah. It'll allow you to be able to practice that skill of being able to be radically candid. Yeah. And, yeah. And to that point, you know, the culture of where you work yeah. makes a huge difference. That as well, yeah. Makes a huge difference because, yeah, if you're somewhere that doesn't foster that psych safety, doesn't appreciate and use radical candor in their communications, then, well, obviously it's not going <laughs> to work out. Yeah. But, like, just to give Red Pandas a mad plug, like, those are two of our – I think one of those is our one of our uh, cult values, excuse yeah. me. Um, so uh, psychological safety is one of our values. Yeah. And radical candor is something that we practice across all of our work. Yeah. Uh, well, we all try to because it's not something you can just do straight away. Yeah. We're all working on it. It's a, it's a, it's a, a skill that we're all working through. I think as a leader, like if you are a marketing leader, the question I would ask yourself is if um, the person you report to or um, the other leaders, the other members of the leadership team, right? If you're not able to disagree with an opinion or a direction mm. of the business, if you're not able to do that, then I, I think that you should work on... Question marks. Yeah, mm. yeah. If there's question marks there, then I think radical candor is something that you can really look at. Yeah. Because that's maybe the more difficult part yep. of radical candor, being able to say no or being able to challenge, challenge directly, directly like really challenge yeah. yeah and topics that are really important and serious you know like yeah. a direction of the company or yep. direction yep. of a particular team member There's, uh, i'm not going to get into it but I've, i'm just about to finish no rules rules by reed hastings it's a it's a mad netflix plug but um <laughs> it's basically some really interesting learnings from like a culture point of view and within a workspace and one of them is on that, like Reed right. Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, was saying, like, I want people to disagree with me. Like, I'm challenging you to disagree with me yeah. because you have the company's best interest at heart. Yeah. They only hire A players. Yeah. And uh, there's a whole other story to it. But um, 
Yeah, I wanted to share probably yeah. one last thing on that was in that book I also read, and this is a this is an interesting one. Um, so often organizations will say, oh, we're like a family. Yeah. You know, we, we treat each other like a family. We're a family here, blah, 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 blah. I actually think that's the wrong way of looking at it because with your family, you have to stick around with them despite their performance. <laughs> so brutal you know what i mean it's so true yeah. though so true that's your brother you gotta you gotta put up with your brother he's your blood right blah, 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 brother i love my brother by the way yeah. he's amazing okay. if he's listening i love you bro but um where where um no rules rules says to use a different analogy is we're yeah. not a family we are a professional sports team yeah if you look at a professional sports team they have to work hard to get on that team number one yeah and then they have to keep working hard to maintain on that team i like that there's a saying in that book and i really like it's cutthroat but i liked it it was like um adequate performance gets a severance a, a very generous severance package mm-hmm. so adequate performance gets a generous severance package right basically saying we won't accept anything less than you know above yeah. above um average yeah now that's that's like i said cutthroat we're not doing that at Red Panda. We can't afford to do that. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's this idea of A player mentality, impact player mentality. We are a team. We're a professional sports team mm-hmm. and we work hard to all go towards this collective goal together. Yeah, I and love we, that. And we bring each other up. We're not a family. Yeah. <laughs> We're not a family. <laughs> I'm cool Hate with you too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we do love red pandas though. Um, yeah. And I'll finish on, make sure you head to our website to check out the event. There are limited seats and limited time on early bird pricing. So make sure you get a ticket before the price goes up because they're not cheap. Uh, but you're going to be in for a delight. We've got Marcus Sheridan coming down from the States to deliver a keynote. Moby's talking about, um, you know, selling in 2023 using visual aids. Like I said, Linda is on AI, which is like the hottest topic in the world right now. Sorry, apart from like threads, maybe that new social media thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, myself on customer journey mapping. So would love to see some listeners there. Help yep. us spread the word. Uh, and Linda, it's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise, see. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>